Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. <laughs> Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the Big Match Preview. My name is Louis Mendes. On this week's show, we will be looking back at the goalless draw with Peterborough United and, of course, ahead uh, to Saturday's trip down to Home Park to take on uh, one of the uh, top two, uh, Plymouth Argyle. Join me to have those conversations, plus a little bit more. First up, Mr. Lewis Cat. How are you doing, Louis? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Um, I-, I feel like I'm one of the few people who came out of Tuesday's game saying, I quite enjoyed that. And I don't know why, because most people want to go home with like, there was nothing in that game. We had a few chances. I don't know if I just got excited by the red card, which we will, of course, uh, talk about. And also joining us on uh, on-, on YouTube uh, this evening, praying that his uh, 5G signal is going to hold up because his Wi-Fi crashed just before the show, uh, is uh, well the uh, number one and only member of the Johnny Williams fan club, Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? Am I the only one? That's, uh, uh, that's disappointing. The only one left around these parts, anyway. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, well, I'm all right. I enjoyed Tuesday because I wasn't there. So, uh, yeah, the lovely evening. Fair, fair point, fair point. That's uh, sadly the, the best way to enjoy Charlton games these days is, is to not go. Um, right, so as I said on this week's show, we, we, we're going to hear uh, the red card incident shortly. We, we'll hear from Dean Holden. want to hear from you guys. Welcome, everyone, uh, who's joining us on uh, live on YouTube. Make sure you get your views in. Uh, in the comments section, let us know what you made of the red card uh, and the non-red card for uh, for Jez Raksaki. Let us know what you made of the performance uh, against Peterborough. We want to have your say on Charlie Mevin's statement that was briefly out yesterday. Um, feel free to do that. And of course, as I said, we're looking ahead to Plymouth. So we will uh, we will want your ideas in terms of team news, anything you'd like to see change in the side. What do we need to do to stop this uh, this little run of no goals. We've now gone nearly six hours without a goal. So it's three games plus the majority of the Forest Green game uh, since we've scored. So a slight concern there as well. Uh, Macaulay Bond tried his best on uh, on Tuesday night, but the, the shot he had that went for a throw-in sort of sums up where we are in front of goal uh, at this moment in time. We're going to be joined hopefully later on in the show as well uh, by a Plymouth Argyle fan, hopefully live. So we've, we've not done this before on one of our live streams, getting an opposition fan in the show. So hopefully Finn from Argyle Life will join us, uh, uh, assuming his Wi-Fi works as well. Right. Um, before we hear the incident, Lewis, I mean, the overall performance against against Peterborough in midweek. Um, what a cracker. What a cracker. <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, it's a strange one, really, because I thought I thought we played quite well. I thought first half, especially we had we looked a, a lot more controlled in that same system that we played Saturday where we maybe didn't look quite as assured. Um, I thought we looked more comfortable on the ball. Uh, I thought we pressed well, and I thought that we, when we had the ball, we we turned with possession quite well. Um, but it's the same old story that the the problem there is that, despite having uh, you know all of the ball and, and promising signs of play, that there's nothing really in the final third in terms of sticking the ball in the back of the net. And I, I, I'm disappointed mainly because Peter were off the back of such a good result of the weekend beating. 
you know, Saturday's opponents, Plymouth 5-2. Um, I thought that it would be quite a difficult test, um, especially going there. Um, and off the back of it being postponed last time, it felt a little bit like maybe we've caught them in a bit of an upturn when before they weren't in as good form. Um, but I was I was quite either impressed with how we played or disappointed with how they turned out. I think mean, for me, the only thing that they had really was the threat of Johnson Clark Harris being the striker that he is at this level when they had sort of the rare opportunity and the rare burst forward, they always looked like scoring. Well, when we had so much of the ball and so much of the attacking play, I never really thought that we looked like putting the ball in the back of the net. And obviously that's a real, a real problem at the moment. Um, it seems to be a common theme sort of going, going week in, week out at the moment, but, but all in all performance wise, I was really impressed. I'm just a bit gutted that we didn't, we didn't capitalize on a good performance and take the three points. Mm, yeah, that, that's where I sort of came from it. At like a half time, I thought we, we've looked better than in recent weeks. Obviously, part of that will be due to the fact that we're not playing like an out and out top six side. We're playing a, a Peterborough who themselves are more than capable of, of, of dropping away. We, we'll talk about the incident in a minute because we're going to hear it, Tom. But after the red card, we, we seem to somehow regress, you know, and, and Dean puts it down to Peterborough going into themselves and, and just sitting back. Um, and, and we, as we have found often at times this season, we didn't really have an answer for that. Yeah, as you say, that's that's the reason we're down at the where we are in the table. We can't we can't kill games off. I know this was another one where we're playing opposition who, uh, as Lewis said, are a tougher opposition. So perhaps we're not expecting to get the three points. But at the same time, when a team goes down to ten, you think, okay, let's try and take it to them. A point isn't really going to make much difference to us at this stage in the season. So why not give it a go? But in what the last four games now we've we've struggled to really show anything. I don't know how many shots we've had on target in that time, but obviously we haven't scored. And yeah, it's a consistent problem and it's something that's going to need sorting in the summer. We obviously lost Washington. That's clearly been a big loss. Stockby haven't been the same since and now he's gone. And it seems like unless we have Miles Lieburn firing uh, and Jez and Corey, then we haven't really got a plan B. So disappointed, I have to say, when I saw them go down to 10 men, I thought, right, we need to try and make something out of this. As I say, I don't think it's going to affect the outcome of the season. Um, but you still want them to go away and, and do something. And, and to finish nil-nil is obviously hugely disappointing off the back of that. Um, but it has been a run of tough fixtures. You know, I was reflecting on that today, the run we've had with them and Sheffield and Derby. You know, these are all teams that are up there. Um, and obviously it doesn't get any easier this weekend. But um, yeah, we do have to take that into account. The bad thing is that's somewhere we want to be. And at the moment, we, we can't seem to compete with these teams. Mm, yeah, uh, once more, we, we, we are quite away from... The top six side. Right, let's have a listen to the uh, the main talking point. I'd suggest Probably, some would argue the only talking point from uh, from Tuesday evening's game. This is how uh, Greg and Terry described uh, the incident uh, that saw Peterborough reduced to ten men and somehow Charlton not. It's also the poor passes. Raksaki picks it up for Charlton. Tries forward. He looked like to be taken out twice there. Just Raksaki. He's not happy with Edwards and just collides into him. And Raksaki could be in trouble here. Oh, he's going to be in trouble. That's, oh, lost it. He got fouled twice. Oh, no. And he retaliated. I think he just ran into him. He didn't. There was no... I don't think there was any punches thrown or anything like that. I couldn't see from this distance. But he just runs into him out of frustration. And, oh, that's going to be a real blow if something bad comes of this. I think it was on night. It's a clear reaction. He runs towards him. Looks like his shoulder collides into the face. And it's a decision for the referee to make. He's going to speak with his assistant referee, but 
first viewing was not pretty at all. He wasn't happy with the two challenges. So we wait and see as the referee will speak. He's asking for players to come away. I mean, there's going to be a yellow card for a Peterborough player. I don't know if there's any doubt about that. He flashed one, but I couldn't see who at just now in the first instance. But it depends what they deem Rexaki's reaction was, whether it was warranted uh, violent conduct and he's going to his back pocket. Worried about this, I've got to be honest. Rexaki's come so far away. He's also consoling his other assistant referee. Not sure he actually saw it, the ref. As he wants to speak with Carl Harris for some reason. And now we'll call over Raksaki. Clark Harris is a captain, so that's why he's doing it. There's a second foul coming in from Knight. So Knight is. Oh, Knight's been red carded. Wow. The Peterborough defender. I didn't see that coming, I've got to be honest. Well, that makes it even more likely that he might flash another one. Yeah, there's a potential kick in the face from being told by Knight, which I haven't spotted yet, but whether that's what caused Raksaki to potentially react the way he did. And Knight is red carded. We'll wait and see the decision for Raksaki. Now he's put his red card away, it's a yellow. That's a yellow card for Raksaki. Oh, well, I'd need to see that again, because from our distance, I don't think we saw too much of that. The only thing we did see was, obviously, Raksaki's reaction, and uh, this has spiced up the game a bit. Well, it certainly has. So there we go, uh, Jez uh, Raksaki. Uh, well, won the, the, uh, the featherweight title, Lewis, but um, somehow escaped without getting sent off. I, it was a red card for Josh Knight. I don't think there's any debate about that. I haven't seen too many Peterborough fans saying our bloke never should have been sent off as well. But, I mean, we got away with one there. And the fact that he's been booked means that it's been seen by the referee. It's been dealt with at the time by the referee. It's not an off-the-ball incident, which is one that referees can go back and view retrospectively. Um, I feel like we've won the bloody jackpot there. <laughs> like we've won the lottery. We've got away with that one big time. Massively. Uh, yeah, I when I saw... The initial sort of kick, you couldn't see what Knight did. You just sort of saw Jez through and you win the foul. And then when you see in the sort of retaliation that followed, I was quite surprised because we'd won the foul already. And you're thinking, right, just, you know, just get on with it. You know, it's a bad, bad tackle, whatever. What you don't see is that initial kick, I think, in real time. And then when you, when I watched it back, um, you obviously see Knight kick out, which is what has riled Jez up. Um massively surprised that that the referee didn't give a red to both because I mean it's it's clear to see what what Jez's reaction was you know for us I know Dean said he was he reacted in any any way that you would if if you were tackled like that but I I disagree with that really I think as soon as you throw an arm or or an elbow or or a shoulder whatever at somebody you're kind of asking for trouble I think what helped in the situation for me was maybe a little bit of leadership from Michael Hector because it felt like he pulled Jez out of the situation for the majority of the time that the that the officials were speaking and the, the majority of the time that the Peterborough players were surrounding him. Jez, who was the culprit, was ushered and kind of out of the referee's view the entire time. Um, and whether that played a part in it because you've got Peterborough players surrounding the ref, 
uh, and they red card his player and Jez is kind of out of the way. I don't know, but it felt like that was a good a good bit of leadership from from Michael Hector to pull a young player out of the out of the situation for a little while. You know, gather his his composure and take him back. And I mean, it's pretty obvious we've got away with one for sure. Um, but I think we, it's one of those things we got we got to take it. We don't we don't get many referee decisions go our way. I think he was the most Charlton lenient referee I've ever seen um, on. <laughs> Um, and we don't get them very often. So, you know what, well, the amount of crap decisions we end up taking, I'm going to take this one. But yeah, for me, it's a red for both players. Yeah, it did feel like he went our way a, a few times during that game. Luke saying, I wish Jez put as much power into his shots as he did uh, into that shoulder, into the geezer's face, <laughs> which, which is a fair comment. I mean, it's obviously our, our, our top scorer at the moment, but he, he does uh, fluff a few chances. Uh, I mean, uh, Freeman's saying he should have been sent off, but he got away with one. The type of player he is, you know he's been kicked before. And he knew what it was straight away. Fair play to him for standing up to him uh, for himself. Because we haven't really—I don't remember seeing that from Jess before in terms of a reaction like that. You know, partly that might be on the frustration, Tom, with that challenge he was on the receiving end uh, of against Sheffield Wednesday as well, uh, and may- maybe a little bit of frustration by the fact that we were actually playing okay and not, you know, lacking a cutting edge. I-, I wonder if that played a part in it as well, and that was playing into his frustration for the evening. Yeah, like you say, it's not not in his character or certainly not that we've seen. And to reference the guy in my little sort of tagline there, you know, he was somebody who who was getting clattered every time he used to come on for us. And and Jez is the same, you know, he's a he's a he's a tricky player, he's a fast player, he's a skillful player. And so he's there as the person that's gonna be sort of picked on and taken out. He's got doubled up on a lot um when teams play against him. So it's not like he's never had it before either. But um yeah, this just seemed to be a bit of a a one-off in terms of him reacting like that. I've seen it back a lot of times, watched the clip over and over again. From every time, it, it looks like he punches him, but at the same time, you do think, well, he is falling. You can kind of see how it could, if the referee caught the wrong angle, you could see how maybe he hasn't seen it the way that that most of us have. Um, but yeah, it seems a little bit out of character. As you say, probably a build-up of frustration of a number of things, getting tackled and, and hurt. Um, combined with the fact that we're not really creating at the moment. Uh, but hopefully it's a one-off. Hopefully it's something he'll learn from. Uh, or if he goes back to his parent club, hopefully it's something he continues to do. And uh, then he can't be too effective for them. So we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, for the rest of this season, obviously I hope that it doesn't affect him too much. Mm, yeah. Hi to Jonathan West from from the Addicts, uh, from the Charlton Upbeats, uh, watching the show live on YouTube. I hope you're well. Um, Jonathan, yeah. So after that, it was there for the taking on paper. We brought on the likes of Corey Blackett-Taylor. Miles Lieburn came off the bench. We had, we had a few half chances. I'd suggest more of those half chances probably came before the red card from memory. But it is starting to become a concern that we, we, we've turned into a side that's blunt up top again. It's weird because because we've had a couple of really high scoring games, particularly on, when, when Ben was still here, you know. No more so than against Saturday's opponents, Plymouth, which still goes down as one of the greatest shocks of all time. <laughs> Beat a side, you're flying by five goals to one. We're not actually that very good. Um, but yeah, we, we're seeing that that little element of, of struggling to to score goals eek back in now. Obviously, coupled with the news that we saw that we heard on Tuesday about Chooks being out for the rest of the season, effectively, um, we are going to start looking light up top again. Um, particularly if Miles isn't able to go every week, he seems to be being managed a little bit at this moment in time. Yeah, it's it's a big bugbear, really, isn't it? I think when you look back at the the January window, I think we all felt it was an area that we should have strengthened in. Um, I think in bringing McCauley into the into the club, 
Um, we maybe thought that that would be an area, but the problem is when you lose you lose Jaden as well out of that, um, and knowing the injury record of Chucks, you are naturally leaving yourself short. And we're we're now seeing the the effects of that really by by not being as active as we should have been in the window, not recruiting in a in a key area uh, in an area that we've struggled with for the majority of the season. Um, you know, there's a lot of pressure on a young Miles Lieburn's shoulders. Um, and there has been for most of this season. He seems to be sort of the go-to when it comes to goals. I think he's our second top scorer um, in his first professional season, which is a great achievement personally for him. Um, but there's not enough You're sort of following that. There's there's nobody in that position as a recognised striker that's contributing properly with the goals. Macaulay Bond looks shot of all confidence in, ter- in front of goal. And I think he's not scored for a year, um, has he for QPR either. Um, so he's a player that's completely shot of any confidence. Um, I think he worked hard Tuesday and, and he won a few headers and things like that, but they're, they're not the things that win you games. And um, until we address that, we are going to be struggling. And I, f- I feel like we create good chances, but we just don't seem to have the sort of the nails to put it in the back of the net. And one of the frustrations I highlighted a few weeks ago as well was that it seems like we try and pass the ball into the net. Like nobody's got confidence that they're going to put a ball away from any further out than six yards. Like we, we don't have a player that will have a pop from distance if there's nothing on and we'll get lucky with it and score. We've been undone by screamers a couple of times this season where you've just got that player that will find a chance from nothing. We don't tend to have that. Um, and it's a real concern. It's a real concern for me. You know, I'm gutted about the news around Chucks because I thought when he came on Saturday, especially he looked really, really good. I thought he changed the game. Um, and he's a player that's been out for a long time. And obviously, it's very sad for him that he's going to be missing the, the remainder of the campaign. And, and who knows how much longer he'll be out beyond that. But it leaves the two options as as Miles and Bond. That's the position we're in now. I don't know whether we'll see Carnu get some minutes between now and the end of the season, given that there's not a huge amount to play for. Um but yeah, it, it'll be a real, you know, it's an area that we're going to have to really target in the summer to sort out because we can't carry on the way we are. Um, mm. But for now, I mean, we're going to have to just limp by it because we've got no choice. Yeah, and that's uh, been the story at this club for too long. Luke said that uh, if Miles had started, uh, we might have nicked the win. I reckon we were so comfortable. Um, I mean, it was a slight change in shape. Um, again, we went for this free. In, in, in the ground, we decided to call it a free four one two with Jez sort of playing ten behind uh Payne who was alongside McCauley Bond and like early stages I, I, like I, I'm, I'm probably for most of the game time I did feel like we got up and down the pitch quite well and like I said earlier better than we have done recently a- again the caliber of opponent that we were facing you know people are a decent enough side but they're, they're not quite your your Sheffield Wednesdays or your Boltons of this world and that's why they're they're chasing the playoff pack rather than in it um, but in terms of the actual performance, I, that's why I came away thinking, oh, I quite enjoyed that. I thought we moved it quite well. We got we got Sess on the pitch, which is important, although he's come off it again now. Obviously, uh, we'll hear from Holden that I think he didn't train today. Um, Fraser didn't train today as well, which is quite interesting. But th- th- there were elements of that that I thought was that were quite good. Um, but that's pointless, really, when we don't score goals. And, and, and that has been, like we say, the, the problem that's reoccurring. Now, part of that is McCauley, you know. He's desperate for a goal now, isn't he? Just to try and bring him back to life. I'm, again, I remember thinking early stages, I thought he's running about quite a bit here. He's putting himself about. He had a shot in the first minute. But like I say, he had a shot near half time that hit the, didn't even hit the corner flag. It went out for a throw and that sort of sums up where he is at the moment. Yeah, it's it's gutting for him. 
Um, I was was disappointed when he left. I thought, given the fact that we'd made that step up into the championship, I thought actually he'd done okay. I'm not going to say he blew the league out of the water or anything like that, but he got us some good goals. Uh, and I thought in that too, with with Lyle, he was performing well up until the season kind of got halted. Um, I understand that people kind of didn't like the way he'd left and, and felt uh, maybe that we would, had done well to get rid of him. Um, but I didn't agree with the amount of criticism he got kind of post that and particularly coming back. And I really wanted him to succeed. And, you know, he did that interview about points prove. He came back on in that first game and almost scored, obviously setting up the goal when it bounced off the post. So there was a lot of positives there. Um, and then since then, as you say, it, it just hasn't happened for him. And I think to kind of bring it back to the formation change as well, I think Dean Holden now has finally kind of got to the point where he knows that we are not going up. And as a result of that, he feels he could maybe play around with it a little bit. Whether he's even here next season or not obviously remains to be seen. But I think he's now in a position where it's a bit of a free hit and he can go, OK, I'm going to try two up top. I'm going to try that one in behind. I'm going to try, maybe he'll try a flat four four two at some point because I think both Miles and McCauley both work better as a two. Um, and obviously at the moment that's difficult to do because you haven't then got someone to bring off the bench. But I do wonder if that's what he's trying. Um, I can't see Macaulay staying past the summer. If this was an audition, he obviously hasn't hasn't done well enough. But you're then looking at Chucks and obviously he's going to be going and, and you've got just Lieburn there. And you think just as you've posted there about Murray, someone like Carnu, we've why not bring him in and give him a go? Because we haven't got any other alternatives this season. And in the summer, if Thomas or me or whoever it is that owns the club by that stage hasn't got a lot of money to put in we're going to have to rely on youth players anyway so um yeah we, I don't I don't see why you wouldn't do it now if you make your peace with the fact that we're not going up or down and we're not then you, it, there's kind of nothing to lose so I do wonder whether that's an option as well um, because Macaulay mm. maybe just needs some time at the firing line yeah, I do like the idea of you being part of some sort of consortium that owns the club. Maybe we could get together a, whip, a Charlton Live whip round uh, everyone in the comments. Yeah, as you say, I mean, Murray's asking, can we try Daniel Carney? What have we got to lose? Same from Sam. Evening, gents. With the news with Chucks, I feel we should start using Carney as our option or even play Corey up front alongside Miles uh, or Bon. Uh, I could feel Corey up front being similar to Jez up front. I feel like we lose his, his best feature, which is running past people. And his finishing has improved this year, you'd say, with Corey, but yeah, I, I'd like to see Carnu get start getting a run of games sooner rather than later. Um, I'll bring up a table in a minute why why I say that I think sooner sooner is probably more possible than than we realise. I mean, one thing that Ben did pick up uh, earlier on during the show said through at the back worked a lot better than Saturday. One positive we can take. I mean, I guess part of that will be a, a Plymouth side that didn't seem to be at it. They, they they probably ironically had the best chance of the game, which was the header um, the, from Johnson Clark-Harris that Maynard Brewer made a superb save from. But other than that, we weren't actually too troubled at the back, which was which was quite nice to see because obviously we don't uh, get that too often. Right, We received uh, an email during the week as well that I just want to bring up from Duncan. said, uh, as we continue in this cycle of frustration and despair at the current state of our beloved club, uh, with nothing to play for in the remainder of the season, I've been searching for something to give us hope for for next year. Yes, it would be a good start if whoever is running the club realises that serious investment is needed to sign the type of players we need to get out of this awful league. However, I think I have found the answer. The football stars are aligning. We should get behind and support Carlisle's promotion bid. Uh, currently, they're in the last automatic place in uh, League Two. We have one promotion at Blundell Park. Uh, we've put it twice before. It's actually three times before, uh, Duncan, because it was, it was 81 and 85, and then obviously 2012. 
Uh, so so I, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm certain it's three times now, Duncan. So he's saying, can you do a graph for Carlisle to sort of map uh, their progress? So I, I won't do one for Carlisle, but um, that's a very good point because we have excellent luck when Carlisle are in our division. So that, that's step one of, of the plan is for them to get promoted. And then just step two is just hope that we somehow magic ourselves up there. Um, and, and the tweet came in from All Hell Let Loose uh, during the week, uh, said, uh, uh, is the season over? Are we safe from relegation? Do we need, uh, or if not, do we still need to play our strongest side until we are safe? Is 55 points safe? Uh, says, can we still make the top six as well? Or is there actually uh, nothing left to play for? Now, because we are on this brand new medium of uh, YouTube, uh, so for those of you who are watching, you can see Tom shaking his head already because he knows exactly what's coming up. Not only is it the graph, it's the new and improved graph that I shall now uh, add, to the, uh, add to the stream here. So for those of you watching... Uh, on YouTube, you'll be able to see the graph which shows Charlton's uh, line progress this season mapped out in red, plus a yellow dotted line, which is our projection if we continued on our points per game for the rest of the season. Then we've got a blue line, which is the average for the playoffs over the last five years is 75 points, 74.8. Uh, to stay up over the last five years, 48.2. Now, just to add a bit more context into this season, I've now added a couple of dotted lines that show this year's current sixth place and this year's current 21st place. So the team that are currently likely to finish in the last place in the relegation zone uh, would finish actually on 43.2 points uh, as, as they're going at the moment. So five points shy of uh, where we predicted they would be um, earlier on in the season. So that is 21st is Morecambe. Uh, so they're currently 20th, but on a games per on a points per game ratio, they'll be 20th. Now to finish sixth, Currently, Bolter are in fourth, but they've played a couple more games than others. So they're likely to finish sixth. And if they go at their current trajectory, they will finish on 81.5 points. Now, if you're wondering what that means for us, if we were to win every one of our remaining 14 games, we would finish on 82 points. So my theory is uh, that we can't afford to drop another point at all if we think we might make the playoffs. But what I am saying is effectively, we're, we're probably, well, we're on 41 points now. You're looking at roughly 43, 44 to stay up. So we probably are already safe as well. So that, that's where we are on that front. So, I mean, the good news is, um, Tom, the season is over. So you've got nothing to worry about. Yeah. And I got to see your graph in all its glory again with some tweaks. So lucky, lucky me. Um, but yeah, I think, look, I can't remember when it was. A couple of games ago, I texted you and I conceded that I was now on board with the graph. Uh, I'm not happy about it. I don't like it. But realistically yeah unless we go and lose every single game now we're going to be fine um and it's just frustrating isn't it to get to this stage of the season again uh and know that know that that's done and know that you're kind of having to think about right do i drag myself to games particularly the away games but even the home games now like it suddenly becomes a bit of a chore because you're not playing for anything so um yeah i, I mean we're safe that, that's the good news but i mean the good news starts and ends there really and and again we're in February and we're talking about next season or March now, and we're talking about next season already. Uh, and that's the disappointment. Mm. Yeah. Um, Murray says, Oh God, not the graph. And, and Dan did ask earlier on in the show about how Jack Payne got on, on, on Tuesday and just said, why don't we try him as more of a false nine with Lee Byrne up front and both wingers getting in the box more. I thought, I thought he was lively, but again, no, no cutting edge. Like, so he, he probably missed our best chance, which was a pullback, I think from Sessignon to him. And he dragged it across the face of goal. We like, He's one of those players who who sort of flattered to deceive a bit this season. Like I, I don't know, that's the way I've seen it. Like he he has his moments, but actually, and his numbers were okay at the start of the season. I just don't know if he's 
consistent enough and and you know whether he's you know he's one of a number of players we've brought in from the league below that have done okay but obviously not enough to fire us to anywhere near the the upper level of that beautiful graph uh, that we just saw right let's hear what Dean Holden had to say uh, after the game uh, against Peterborough United I spoke to the addicts boss at London Road and asked him for his opinion on the performance Neil Neil here at Peterborough what did you make of it overall um I thought we started the game excellently. I think that first 45 minute period, we, we came with a game plan to, you know, we needed, from what we've seen recently, we needed so many more final third entries, box entries on the opposition. And we got that, we got runners in behind with with Payne and, and we knew he'd do that, Scotty Fraser, even Jazz at times, Macaulay obviously. And we got into some really good areas and again recently we've been getting in them areas and then coming back and, and passing it back. And, you know, we, we wanted to sustain attacks and deliver the ball into the box. I don't know what the numbers of our, of our crosses were tonight, but some really good deliveries going in there and just couldn't quite get on the end, on the end of it. I think, again, start the second half, I thought we started excellently, got right on the front foot for 10 minutes or so and obviously then we see the red card and the game changes in terms of how they then approach it. We knew coming into the game that their full-backs would go really aggressive and high against our wing-backs and we knew there were spaces to, to run into them. Uh, sorry, spaces for us to, our forwards to run into like I just touched on. So that wasn't there once they're sending off. So you're playing for 30, 35 minutes, whatever it was, with 10 men, people would think it's easy. It's not because there's no space. And then you're looking for a moment of quality. And, and we had we had a few of them, in fairness. I can think of the Macaulay. Uh, sorry, the Miles Lieber when he turned and, and slid. Corey in, the keeper makes a good save. And again, just overall, our finishing probably wasn't quite the level. You know, it was a little bit erratic and we probably slashed at a few things and just need to be a little bit calmer in front of the goal. But I'll tell you, we've, we've played a lot worse than that and won, I think. I think the red card will probably be the main talking point for, for a lot of people this evening. And knowing that Jez has been booked and we can probably speak quite openly because you can't take retrospective action when that's happened, is he lucky to still be on the pitch? I've only seen one angle. Um, I'll be totally honest, I didn't see it. I'm not giving it the Arsene Wenger one. I, did, I genuinely didn't see it at the time because I knew the fourth official had already told me that their player was getting a red card and ours was getting a yellow. So at that point, I'm, I'm sort of in, in with my coaching staff thinking about you know how we're going to approach that in terms of game plan. Um, I've seen it back on one angle Jez has told me that he just shrugs him off him it looks like he's, he's swung something but Jez said he just literally swings a, a forearm to sort of push him, push him away from him I mean he's listen he's gone on the floor and uh, this is four days after what happened at the weekend when he only got his legs broke and he's been stamped on and yeah we want our players to, to be law abiding at all times but you know half a second after being stamped on it's difficult to keep you cool so I think he, he's got him away from him I think if you're stamped on you want to get someone away from you I think that's a natural reaction so no, no complaints at all. You mentioned the amount of time Charlton spent in and around the edge of the penalty area. It's, um, it's a few games without scoring now. Is that just a frustration, a slight lack of cutting edge at the moment? Yeah, I think so. I think it's exactly that. I think um, I'll be a little bit careful sometimes. If you keep banging on about something, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So, you know, we, we keep the confidence. The players' confidence is OK. Um, we have straight conversations after every game. And, uh, you know, the way that panned out in the end, it was disappointing because we had all the ball. Again, like recently, we've had a lot of ball and not really been as cutting as, as we were in the first half. So um, we had to make the change we made. I think Corey, you know, we looked at it for 10 minutes after the red card because I think we still had to all the momentum at that point. We were still getting up the pitch quickly, even with the back three. But then we felt, obviously, Corey, Corey coming in with his pace against Thompson. And, you know, we could lose a centre-half at that point. Um, Michael got a kick first half, was a little bit feeling it. So that was a sensible thing to do. And we were going to take Sean off, to be fair. Sean was feeling something. And then Cesc goes in for that great tackle and then just felt something. So we had to obviously get Matty on for, for Cesc. And, and obviously, you've got to get Miles Lieber on 20, you know, 20, 25 minutes. Um, and why take McCauley off at that point? Why not go 4-4-2? And just, as I said, we just couldn't quite find that moment. You haven't drawn many games on you. I think this is the second one. The first one was also against yeah. Peterborough. Um, before today, I, I sort of said on air, I thought a point would be a good result. But with the, game, the, the way the game panned out, would you still agree with that? 
Yeah, I don't think you can ever stand here and say, you know, when you've played against 10 men for 30, 30 35 minutes, you know you're ever going to be pleased with a point. I would never say that. I think I was pleased with a lot of aspects of the performance. As I say, we played a lot worse than one. Um, the important thing is we've, we've stopped with the, you know, the losing run, After, even though it was only two games, obviously. And, uh, you know, we go got Plymouth for high, with high hopes now. It's, uh, you know, thanks to our supporters again tonight, they turn up in numbers on a, on a Tuesday night. And um, just, yeah, I was just pleased we could get the game on. Uh, I heard uh, speaking to the TV before about Chucks and such a dreadful shame. He's, he's had the worst luck yeah. since he's come to the club and, and other times in his career as well. It must be frustrating for him. Really disappointing for him. I think it's important that we, that we get round him. And I spoke to him last night once we got the scan result over the phone. It was still quite late. And um, yeah, obviously spoke with him this morning before we travelled up to Peterborough. But it's important that we, that we show that support to him. He's a really well-liked guy within the, within the club. He's just had a really stop-start frustrating season. And he's as frustrated as anybody. So... Um, you know, particularly after the sort of fitness work he'd been doing recently to get himself back into the squad, and he looked good when he came on on Saturday, didn't he? So it's disappointing. You know, if we see him this season, I think it'd be a real bonus. I think we'd be surprised if, if we see him this season. But as I said all along, it's important that Chucks gets himself fit and, and gets back on the pitch because he's, he's one hell of a player when he's fit. Uh, before the game, I saw you speaking to a familiar face. Obviously, Jim Rodwell was part of the club a few weeks ago, and he's gone. How was that? For yourself, a bit of a frustrating conversation, knowing that you're someone you were working with just a few weeks ago, and now and now he's gone already. I thought you said the red card would be the talking point. <laughs> I think, no, listen, Jim. Jim Rodwell worked at, at Peterborough for a period of time before he came to, to Charlton Athletic. Obviously, I've not seen him since. Um, I mean, we were working closely, myself, Jim, Andy Scott, obviously, and the other guys. And I think what was it, two, two and a half weeks or whatever it was. It just obviously overnight, just literally that was it. So I've not seen any of the guys since then. And no, Jim came to the game. I think he came with Ed actually. Yeah. Um, Ed's a big Peterborough fan. They both live local, so I think they just. I think Jim just wanted to get out of the house and go and watch a game of football, and uh, just came and said hello pre-game. So um, no, it was just a, just a, just a general chit chat, really. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row, dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across. Bowers there. Pierce is there. Bowers with a header. And it's Joe. Yes! 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 Oh, he's got Oh, Patrick Barr. The absolute German beauty. Woo! Dream lads. Joe have scored. With seconds remaining. We've done it all. Guess it. Come on. What a time to be here. Here at Wembley. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview we just heard there from the Addicts boss, Dean Holden. After the goalless draw with Peterborough, 
in uh, mid week. I asked him right at the end about the fact he was uh, cited talking to Jim Rodwell with, with my journalist hat on. I was very excited about the fact that we were still going through this weird story with the Charlie Mevin failed takeover and obviously Rodwell being at the game. Uh, along with, I'd been I'd been told as well that Ed Warwick was going to be there. I thought, well, maybe there's there's, there's something worth asking here, especially now there's a photograph of them talking. Um, but he was he was just there to watch a game of football, so it wasn't actually that interesting. But I mean, that there has been developments today. I guess there was that Charlie Mevin statement um, very briefly on the SLP website yesterday. Uh, Rich decided himself actually he, he wanted to he wanted to take it down for, for legal and uh, whatnot reasons uh, he probably needed uh, an eye over by someone else first so um, that's uh, that, that's what happened with that but I think we basically all saw it um, what, 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 with your fan advisor hat on Lewis what do you make of that <laughs> <laughs> crazy isn't it crazy um, I I just want it sorted out, mate, to be honest. I'm just, I'm sick of like the off the field stuff always dominating the headlines of us. You know, we're, we're such a, such a big club and such a brilliant club with lots of amazing people that can't crack on because there's all this nonsense going on upstairs all the time. You know, it's, I mean, the, I, I don't know how much sort of, how much of a stance Charlie Meffin is going to take on this. I don't know how much, it would hold out in a court if it got that far. I, I don't know the ins and outs of what that deal was. I mean, you, I've read his statement, but I've read plenty of statements from owners past and present that have not been overly um, with it, should we say. So look, I think it's one of those things that it's just noise at the moment that's frustrating because, you know, we've got, we've got lots going on on the pitch that we need to sort out. We've got a manager that's contracts up at the end of the season. We've got lots of players that, contracts are up at the end of the season we need to make a decision on what they're going to be doing next year um there are there are more you know the, the most important thing that we sort out is the ownership of this football club but there's so much to do that all this stupid unnecessary squabbling over statements and stuff putting things out in the open to try and sort of gain attention it i just can't be asked with any of it i, I just want the football club to be put in some in the right hands someone that's going to invest properly is going to let the football people make the football decisions uh, and can just let us thrive properly as a football club because the potential here is massive with the academy, the yeah. training ground, the stadium, the lot. And it's it's just getting stupid now. There are too many egos in football. You know, this is a football club. It's not it's not something that you mess around with. It's a football club that means a lot to people. Um, and it's about time that, that somebody just sorted this mess out because it's so frustrating for me in my, in my position as well because, you know, I'm a fan and, and it hurts me as much as it hurts anybody. And I, I'm trying as much as I can to do something and it's, I'm getting nowhere. So we've got to hope go. that it gets sorted soon. It's the same for everyone really, isn't it? Right. Murray said, is it time to have a protest about the state of ownership now that we've got little to play for? Uh, the supporters trust apparently have a meeting again with Sandgard soon. We're, we're hoping to have someone from the supporters trust on, on Sunday just to, a sort of clarify the legal point of view with with what Charlie Mevin has said over the last few days, but also obviously there, there will be questions about what's going on in, in terms of the messages to Sangar. We had Heather on this time last week who said, you know, it's like banging their heads against the wall. I think we saw a statement from Cast as well this week, uh, sort of saying how hard it is to get hold of um, of Sangard at this moment in time. Patrick said he enjoyed the way that the fans got behind Jez when the Peter fan, Peterborough fans were giving him stick. Yeah, it was really funny hearing them all chanting off 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 only for their own player to. Uh, to get sent off. Um, right, Sam's asked a question. Uh, do you have any news on Dean's contract talks today? So, yeah, he had sort of dropped into conversation 
over the weekend that he was having talks today with Sandgard about something. So, of course, uh, Terry very kindly asked about that uh, during today's press day. Um, I mentioned uh, last week that you had a meeting uh, today uh, regarding uh, all sorts of things, not least uh, yourself. Um, how did that meeting go? Is there any, anything you can share regarding that? The fans will want to know. As soon as I said that last week, I was like, as you put a deadline on something now, it's going to be, yeah, what's going on? It was a planned meeting. We had um, Steve Gallon was in there. We did some Martin Sangai. We did some bits on recruitment. Um, we had uh, Tony was in from operations and and uh, Geary the groundsman. It was more around logistical stuff. It was around pitch renovations, both here at the training ground and, and at the valley. Uh, pre-season fixtures. We need to be ahead of the game in terms of obviously recruitment, um, but we need to be ahead of the game with pre-season, the trip, uh, the fixtures, because very quickly teams that you want to play have already got games lined up and stuff like that. So. It wasn't uh, what everybody thought it was about. Far from it. It was it was purely around, as I've spoke about before, you know, moving this club forward, getting stuff ready for for pre-season and beyond. Really. There we go. So uh, the whole load of nothing really. <laughs> that, that meeting, it turns out, that certainly hasn't given any clarity on um, on the situation with, uh, with with Dean's contract. You know, it's nice that he's speaking about next season, but Jacko was having these sort of conversations with. Thomas, uh, this time last week as well. Right, let's hear from the women's team uh, briefly. Um, they were knocked out of the FA Cup uh, by Birmingham City uh, over the weekend after extra time, but they returned to championship action this Sunday, uh, and it's a home game at the Valley as well. So uh, a chance to get down and support the girls in SC7 for just the second time uh, this campaign. Now, Kareen Henson uh, spoke to the club earlier on uh, this week uh, to look back at that game against the Blues and, of course, ahead to Saturdays, uh, to Sundays, I should say, home tie. Uh, with uh, Southampton at the Valley. Corin, first of all, uh, kicking things off with the result of the weekend, obviously narrow 1-0 defeat to Birmingham City in extra time. Uh, how would you assess the performance overall? Well, I think performance-wise, you know, there are a lot of positives to take that we now look into the league with. Uh, obviously, unfortunate to exit the FA Cup, but, you know, our focus is the league now, and at least, you know, we can be tunnel-visioned in wanting to, you know, achieve a positive outcome by the end of the season. Obviously, you came into the club uh, in the summer and you kind of came in as like a forward floating role. You've kind of really established yourself now as a um, fullback. How's that kind of come about and how are you finding that position? Um, yeah, no, I think in terms of coming in, like I sort of was a bit all over the pitch. And I think for me, like now I've sort of established my identity as a defender. And I think stature wise and just the attributes that I bring are more suited to a defensive role. And I can see that with the consistency of performances that I've been putting in. Um, and you know, I'm really enjoying it. I can see, uh, you know, progression throughout many years in that position. Nice. And obviously, this weekend taking on Southampton, opening game of the season, uh, Charlton beat them two 0 But Southampton have really grown, you should say, and could say across uh, the course of this season. How much of a tough test do you think they're going to be? Yeah, no, they've massively um, grown into the league. Obviously, getting promoted, they've made massive gains, and we can see that now. There, it's going to be. They're going to pose a different challenge when we come up against them at the weekend, but that's like any team that you're going to come up against in this league, so we're just going to you know, focus on ourselves and get the job done at the end of the day. Obviously playing at the Valley is always a big occasion for any Charlton player. How excited are you in the group to be playing there? No, absolutely. It's been a while since we played there and obviously we want to get as many fans out there as possible and hopefully put on a good show and most importantly get the three points. There we go. That's Kareem there looking ahead to the game at the Valley uh, on Sunday. If you can get down to support the girls, hopefully they'll put in a, a performance similar to the game with Birmingham 
uh, earlier on this season, uh, which really was a good performance, a 3-0 win. Uh, Southampton just a couple of places above the Addicts, but China got two games in hand on them. So if they can win this one, that'll give them a real chance to sort of climb back up into the, the fourth or third position uh, over the next few weeks. Right, we are going to bring in a special guest um, to look ahead to the Plymouth game uh, from the opposition uh, view. Welcome to Finn uh, from Argyle Life. Finn, uh, welcome to, to Charlton Live. How are you, mate? Hello, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, very good indeed. Thanks uh, very much for joining us at uh, fairly short notice as well. No um, but I imagine you're sort of in a position where you just want to talk about Plymouth Argyle all the time at the moment because you guys are absolutely flying. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, and, you know, I mean, like it's not too long ago since we were going through a similar situation to yourself in a way. So, you know, and, you know, so to be in a position um, that we are after a couple of, you know, good seasons where we've built on it, and, um, you know, and, and now at the top of the league is really pleasing. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, I mean, you, you, the concern, I guess, for, for Plymouth fans this year, uh, and it is probably one that other teams in this division have tried to play on. So we spoke to a Sheffield yeah. Wednesday fan last week who was just waiting for, for Plymouth to drop away a little bit. Um, yeah. Obviously, that's what happened last season. You've got yeah. a lot more of a cushion this year. You've still got a seven or eight point gap down to third in Ipswich. I mean, what, what, are, are you confident that this can be the year where you sort of hold your nerve and, and make your way up into the championship? Um, I mean, we certainly built up a little bit of a reputation amongst other uh, teams in the division for dropping off. And um, I, I would say, like, as a fan base, we're probably... I mean, we're... we're as confident as we can be, I reckon, without we've we've been quite pessimistic at the same time because we didn't expect to be here at the start of the season. So now that we're here and now we've got kind of like a you know a good chunk of a lead uh, behind us, um, it feels like it's now we're in the situation it's ours to lose kind of thing rather than so we've we've gone through the season not really expecting much. I'm still not expecting. Much re- I, I w- obviously want to get promoted, but I'm still not expecting. If we were to drop into the playoff, it would be to like probably Ipswich and Sheffield Wednesday, who are just two you know huge clubs with far bigger budgets than us. Um, but I would, I would be confident. Obviously, we've um, we've recently lost our, you know, probably our best player um, in uh, in goal in Michael Cooper, who got injured at, uh, against Sheffield Wednesday, and that's been a big blow to us. And then obviously, um, you know, we, we had a poor result on the weekend, but our home form has been so good. So I'm kind of looking at that and going, well, hopefully that's the thing that kind of carries us through to promotion, you know? Yeah, I think, is it is it one defeat at home all season when I was looking yeah. at that? It was just yeah. an incredible, incredible turnout. I mean, obviously, as, as you mentioned, so you played, your last game was also Peterborough at London Road. Yeah. You lost by five goals to two. I mean, can you give us any tips as to what they did so we can maybe try that on Saturday? Yeah, so, um, I, I mean, I think, so, obviously, Peterborough, well, if you asked a Peterborough fan, they'd probably be disappointed about where they are on the table uh, this year. You know, they've, they've got... Um, They've got a great squad, and they and they always look like a team that could threaten. Um, and I think, like they've obviously been quite consistent. I mean, I, I don't look too closely on on their results, but I saw, you know, a few weeks ago they lost five 0 at home to Bolton, um, and then they seem to be a team that just are just very very inconsistent. But also with the ability to be able to open teams up, and usually when we lose, we lose big because we're a side that. You know, when we're, even though we had a, um, you know, we were 2-0 down early in the game, 
we we our initial like our automatic instinct is to go for it rather than sit back and just think oh we'll lose two 0 because uh, obviously we've uh, we're fair, we ship quite a lot of goals but we also score quite a lot. Which is uh, well, it's always a good place to be in. I mean, it's, it's one that we're in as well, although not quite in, in the right sort of uh, amounts. So mm. <laughs> yeah. one. Um, so, I mean, just looking ahead to Saturday then, um, obviously we, we, we know where our threats are. Um, where, where are the threats in the Plymouth Silence? Obviously, Ryan Hardy scored a lot of goals this season, but who, who would you say are the, are the danger men at this moment in time? Yeah, I mean, our midfield, um, particularly after reinforcements in January is fairly strong and actually I think is a bit of a problem for us um, at the moment getting the uh, getting the balance right in midfield um, because our manager seems to like quite have like to wrote he's got a big squad um, now and he, he's in recent weeks he's basically rotated every game um, we, we've been joking um, that uh, as fans it's a bit like a bit like a, we call it shui roulette because we don't know who he's going to pick from one week to the next, you know. Um, but we in in midfield we're particularly strong um, with like Finizaz, who's one to look out for, um, Jay Matete, who's we got on loan from Sunderland for the rest of the season, who's obviously had um, good periods in this division already with Fleetwood and then Sunderland, um, and then um, even uh, Danny Mayer, who um, every time. Um, he comes up against any opposition. Um, he causes problems for them just because he, he he's he's anything but a goal scorer. But his his ball retention and his um ability to create space is so good that that it, every time he plays, um, we seem to gel a bit better. So I'm hoping that he plays this this week um, along with Azaz because uh, because I feel that when those two are playing, we're probably at our best. And then we've got Callum Wright. As well, um, I should add who we got on uh, on a permanent transfer from Blackpool um, in January, and you know he came with high. Um, he's done he's done um, well, um, not not amazing, but well so far, and he came with high uh, accolades from uh, Cheltenham fans um, previously. So yeah. Hmm. It's always, it's always uh, dispiriting for me because when I go on other podcasts and people ask me for all our best players, I'm over in about 10 seconds. You, you, had, yeah. you had quite a few to, to, to give us there. Look, Finn, yeah. uh, thanks for your time. Thanks for coming live on Charlton Live. You've actually been our first live opposition guest. So you've um, oh. done a cracking job there, mate. So thanks for thanks for coming in and uh, all the best for the, for the rest of the season. See you later, mate. That's uh, Finn uh, from Argyle Life, who very kindly... Uh, joined us on, on Tottenham Live this evening. I like the idea of that shoey roulette. Um, should, we, should we start Macaulay Bond roulette? Which corner flag will he be nearer to with his next shot? I'm, I'm not sure. Right, let's hear uh, from Dean Holden. Don't forget in the comments, uh, let us know what changes you'd like to see uh, ahead of the game um, with Plymouth. Uh, who would you start up top? That that sort of stuff. Uh, that's all open. But um, obviously we have now gone, like I said, nearly six hours without a goal. Uh, so Dean Holden was asked about that by Terry as part of his look ahead uh, to Saturday's trip down to Plymouth where all the money spent in teams is at the top end of the pitch and we've got some good players listening we've had three games without the goalers you know we're not getting too carried away I'm very cautious talk about something too much it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy and it can become so I always think back to a boxer if a boxer's in a scrap and he starts second guessing things he'll get his head boxed off you've got to go you've got instinct um, we've got good players it'll, no problem we saw Cess pull up on uh, on Tuesday night. Um, it didn't look like he wanted to come off. He looked like he thought he could carry on, but uh, you took him off anyway. How is uh, Cess after after that game? I mean, and the squad generally, we got three games in a week. 
uh, and something I'm, some people I haven't mentioned, um, Mandela Egbo and, and Tolkien, how are they progressing uh, as well? Um, Sess, he's, he's not trained today, so again we'll, again, we'll reassess where, where we're at tomorrow. Um, Scotty Fraser, the same, didn't, didn't train. So uh, Manny Egbo, he's due to play for the under-21s tomorrow. So that's a real positive. He's obviously I've not seen him at all since I've come into the job. He's had a, he's had a tough time in terms of the length of the injury. But I've spoken before about his his, uh, his behaviour off the pitch in terms of his leadership and helping the youngsters out. He's been in every team meeting, so it's great to have him back on the grass. I think he'll play 45, maybe 60 minutes tops tomorrow. That's a real step in the right direction for him. Todd's still a couple of weeks away, I think, from joining the group. Um, it was a tricky sort of injury. We got the scan result, and um, you know he's, on, he's he's going in the right direction. Just a, just a time frame for for Todd. Good news. Um, off to home park to face Plymouth uh, on Saturday. They've uh, just suffered. You mentioned before heavy defeat to Peterborough. But it came that result came just after they uh, the euphoria of them getting to Wembley, which could have I suppose been a a, a reason for it and uh, the euphoria of that. But um, do you expect them to be uh, a reaction from them having had that defeat and they put the Wembley thing to one side? Uh, you'd be expecting a tough game for sure. Yeah, for two reasons. I think where they are in the league, I think they've proved throughout the season they can respond to a setback. Obviously, it was a surprise result. It, to be honest, it probably could have been 7 all at that game last week and they, they ended up losing it 5-2. They had big moments themselves. They've got they've got good players and I know Stephen, the manager, well, played with him a long time ago. Um, tough scouser. So for a second reason, I know, he, you know he'll, be, he'll be right on them to, to get a response. So, no, it'll be, be a tough game. I mean, we've... In recent times, we've obviously had the Derby game, Chef Wednesday, Peterborough, you know, t- I think flying 10 points above us in the league. And obviously this one, so it's been a tough run against us, but we, we go there with confidence and I'm looking forward to it. It's a good test. It's a case, I guess, of uh, imposing our game on them as we did uh, second half Chef Wednesday and then uh, Peterborough on Tuesday. Yeah, for sure. And um, anyone who was at the game the other night, they saw a mixture, I think, of, of, of stretching the opposition, as touched on there, with midfield runners and getting in behind them, which is where we, we want to get to, but also some good football to get to that point. It's not... This is not about playing direct football and getting it back to the front. We've not got the players that, that could play like that. It's, it's just it's just some decision making once we get in certain parts of the pitch uh, to give us more goal scoring opportunities. And um, yeah, that's the, that's the message, and that, that won't change. There we go. That's Dino looking ahead to Saturday's trip down to Home Park then to take on uh, Plymouth, who, uh, as we heard uh, there with Finn, they've only lost one game at home all season. It's a long time since they were beaten at home. Uh, how, how do we change that on Saturday, Lewis? Well, <laughs> it's an interesting, one, isn't it? Well, we've, we've got to be more clinical with, our, with the chances that we create. If we can get on the front foot like we did on Tuesday, away from home, um, then look, I know Peterborough and Plymouth are completely different sides, but we've we got to get on the front foot, make the most of our chances. For me, I think Corey and Jez have to start. I'm, I'm not sure how you get that to work in the system with a three at the back. Um, but maybe there'll be a space for Corey at wing-back if Sess um, isn't going to be fit. But I think you have to have both of them in the side because they're they're so creative, the two of them. Um, whatever striker they have in the middle, you'd like to think will be feeding on opportunities, but the problem is at the moment putting them away. So we've got to hope that Miles is fit Saturday to start because I think that makes a difference too. But it's going to be a tough test. As as Finn said, they've got you know an abundance of, of really, really good quality players. Um, I'm worried that they'd fall away when they lost Morgan Whitaker in January and they, they haven't, they've, they've kind of kept it up and they've backfilled those goals, you know, throughout the pitch, which is something maybe we haven't done. Um, so it's going to be a really tough test, but we've got to go up there and fancy it. We, we had it with Sheffield with them, you know, being 20 games unbeaten or whatever, you know, only lost one game at home all season. Maybe, maybe we'll be the second. Who knows? Got to be optimistic. It's a long way to go to be defeatist. 
<laughs> yeah, well, Port Vale have won there. If they can do it, surely anyone. Anyway, I know they beat us, but you know, Port Vale are a massive club. Um, Tom, the, the the formation is one. So I'll put it in the chat. Like, who who would people like to see come into the side? And, and very good of Jonathan West, who'd like to see himself come into the side. But he does score goals for the upbeat, so I'm not against that idea. To be fair, but um, you know, Aaron Henry's a name that's come up a couple of times. Um, Carnu is obviously a name that's come up quite a few. Even Tyrese Campbell that, that Murray has put into into his chat, along with Carnu and Henry. Um, at some point, the youth players will have to come in. I don't know if Saturday's the, the day for him when it is a, a tough, a tough you know away trip against a, a Plymouth side who are who are flying at home. But at, at some point, maybe maybe even if it's off the bench for a little while. Yeah, I definitely think they deserve an opportunity. I know on, on one of the shows you were saying, I think it was you or someone on the show was saying maybe it's a little bit too early in the season and you wouldn't usually see it at this stage. But look, maybe one or two more wins is going to secure, lucky us, secure League One football again for next year. So maybe that's what Dean's thinking is get get that one more win. But after that, people who are on loan or people who are going to go, people like Jez... I know he's a good player, but I don't really see the point in playing them anymore. It's not like he's bringing 26, 27,000 through the door just because he's playing. So, yeah, people like Henry, who, when he's come on, I think has looked good. Tyrese has had moments where he's looked good. Um, And as we said earlier, Karnu, who I think deserves a bit of a chance. These are the future of Charm. Um, And as I say, realistically, particularly if I do go on to own the club, by the way, certainly will be playing because I can't afford to buy anybody else. So, um, yeah, they're the future. They're who we're going to need next season, probably. And so why not blood them? But but maybe it's just a couple of weeks too early. I think, like somebody had commented, stick with the three-five-two for now. If that's the formation we think might work and might get us a goal, then let's just try and pursue that and see how it goes. Um, I'd like to see Payne get given a bit of a run and, and try and capture some form. Um, but, yeah, I'm under no illusions. This is going to be a very, very difficult game. I know they've had a little bit of a wobble recently with, with some big games, but... Um, this is not a big game for them and their home record is very, very good. So it's it's going to be tough for us. Yeah, Andrew has mentioned, is it Ryler in, in the 21s as well? We saw him in one of the Papa John's games earlier on in the season, made, he, made his debut, didn't he? Um, yeah, Mitchell mentioned by Dan as well. Um, you know, obviously, uh, Zach's uh, we had a, made a horror show in the Papa John's game. At I forgot we played that game earlier on in the season, actually. So actually, officially, our last meeting with them was that one. But um in terms of, as we heard in the the, the presser there from from Dino, um, obviously Egbo coming back soon, as uh, as Sam mentioned in the chat earlier, is excellent news. I can't wait for Egbo to come back because I thought we looked really dangerous Tuesday night with an attacking fullback in Cesc getting in behind the lines, which you know even you know Claire, that's sort of an attribute he should have, but he doesn't do it as well as as Egbo for me. Now, an interesting point that was made by Dino Lewis is that Fraser missed training. And to be honest, like I wouldn't be against him having a little rest anyway, because there's been a few times where he's not really offered as much as we'd hoped recently. So the question then becomes, well, who comes in instead? Is it is it Morgan? Can Payne drop into the the midfield area if Lee Burns fit enough to start alongside Bon? Is there another choice that you'd prefer? Yeah, it's a difficult one, but I agree with you on Fraser because I think Tuesday was probably he looked really leggy. He looked a bit sort of worn out. Um, for me, I think the choice, if we're sticking with that system, then I'd straight swap um, him for Albie because although Albie maybe doesn't do it do it enough, I think he's got sort of that one pass in him that can change a game. Um, 
and I think he's more capable of, of being a little bit more of a of an outlet in terms of assists than than maybe the others are. Um, Aaron Henry's mentioned a bit. I mean, he only came on for a short spell on uh, Tuesday, but I, I don't think I don't know. It's, it's a tough game to chuck him into. Um, so for me, I'd, I'd probably go for the straight swap and bring Albion because I think he has. I think he has something to offer. Um, I think it's just the consistency from him we don't see enough. But when he does get it right, he he can be a, a bit of a game changer with his passing range and ability to assist. Mm. Um, away from home under Dean, we've been a bit better, Tom. It's ironic that fans at Peterborough singing how rubbish must you be? We're drawing away at 0-0 when we'd won before that game, three of our last four away games. We have picked up on the road a bit under Dean. Obviously, that will be put to the test against the Plymouth side who have been very good at home. You know, as we saw against Derby, when we've actually played a big club away from home, we've struggled to get in the game. So it'd be interesting to see if we can find a way to actually be in it a bit more. You know, the Derby game we weren't. So that'll be the main challenge for Dean. Like he saw bits and pieces of his midfielders getting forward and, and supporting the forward line on Tuesday, which helped. Uh, he'll be wanting more of that that sort of uh, performance on, on Saturday. Yeah, definitely. And a few shows ago when I was on, I was speaking about our, our away form not being great prior prior to him coming in. And obviously that has changed, which is great. But you're right, Derby game wasn't brilliant. Um, and obviously, Peterborough, again, we failed to score, although we were probably in the game a little bit better. But obviously, if we're not going to score, then we're not going to come away from, from Plymouth with three points. So, yeah, I, I guess it depends, again, to kind of go back to what I've been saying throughout the show. It, is Dean thinking that this is a game we can go and get three points and therefore I'm going to play all my best players and I'm going to tell them to go for it? Or is it a game where he rotates some players in to see what they're made of? Um, and if it's the former, if he does go with that strong team, then as you say, he needs to see a little bit more of them. And at this stage, we're kind of almost getting to that point now where it's like, just score a goal, whatever it takes. Even if we lose 2-1, at least we've got a goal back and proven we can do it because that's the concern now. To go four straight games without scoring, I'm sure it happens probably more than you realise, but given the run we've been on and given where we are in the league, then that's a, a bit of a concern. So, uh, yeah, motivation. I think somebody mentioned it in the comments. Motivation's the other big thing. Maybe that's just starting to drop off with a few players. And hopefully if Dean notices that, he'll be quick to take them out of the side and play someone who actually wants to play as well. Yeah, it's interesting about motivation. Mine, my, my, I could feel mine waning during the week. because I, I do wonder if that's partly why I came away from that game. I, I quite enjoyed that because... Didn't really care whether we won or lost. At least we saw him running up and down the pitch a bit and, and there was a funny red card incident. Anyway, right, we've run out of time on this week's uh, Big Match Preview. Thanks for everyone uh, who joined us uh, for the uh, the live stream on YouTube. Thanks for everyone who's listened, of course, to the podcast or, or re-watched the, uh, the YouTube afterwards as well. It's, uh, I really enjoyed doing these live shows now, you know, back to it like we used to do before COVID. Uh, so I'm really pleased for everyone who joined us. Thanks to Finn uh, from Argyle Life who was on the show earlier. Thanks to, to Lewis and Tom for joining me as well. Cheers, mate. Cheers, lads. Good to speak to the pair of you. Right, I'm Louis Mendez. Don't forget, we'll be back on Sunday then to look back at the game against Plymouth Argyle. Hopefully, we'll have someone on from the Supporters Trust as well to talk a little bit about what's going on uh, off the field. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel as well, at Charlton Live. Uh, make sure you see our videos uh, live uh, every time. Uh, you'll never miss another one. Right, thanks for listening. We shall see you again on Sunday. <laughs>
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.